Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. I'm very excited about this morning, uh, purely because I understand the you know, inter- inter- eternal value of um, you know, what, you, what you're learning here today. Um, and I think a lot of what was said by Philip initially and, and, and Michal, um, you know, sort of, you know, we, we think about it sometimes and it sort of goes without saying and, you know, we, we talk about it as being the basics. Um, ultimately, you know, these things over time, uh, if you don't get them right, they destroy marriages, they break relationships, they destroy people. Um, so this morning, to have opportunity, many of you, you know, are obviously still students, but have an opportunity to just lay that foundation again, uh, and 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 um, you know make sure you start on the front foot, and it's just so important. Um, I must just say that you know I've, I've been in show for I think 12 years now. I studied at Stellenbosch, so uh, I went to went to show for there first, um, and I remember. And I, I did all the, the normal, you know, I did all the foundations and I did the first two years of Bible school in Stellenbosch and it was uh, a great, it laid a very solid foundation in my life personally and I would encourage you to do that as well. But I remember sitting in sessions like these back then, listening to people talk that were sort of in their mid-thirties and I remember sitting there thinking, she's that guy's old, but uh, at least, at least he knows what he's talking about. And now today I'm there and I'm not the old guy today. Um, so, but it's a it's a it's a, a, a privilege for me just to you know share some things with you. I'd like to just uh, I guess repeat some of the things that Philip and and, and Michal said. Um, you know, explain to you the way I understand them, uh, and then maybe tell you just a story or two out of my life personally on how um, I experienced God. Um, so, so maybe let me let me start with that. Um, like I said, you know these from from when I started uh, uh, delving into the, the principles of stewardship 12 years ago, you know, God has shown me how he wants me to think about it. And I fully appreciate that God interacts with each individual on you know, the level that they are at. God meets you where you are. Um, but God just showed you in my life that um, he is you know, he's walking with an umbrella, big umbrella like a um, uh, beach umbrella. He's walking. And as, he's wa- as he is walking, life is happening. And that umbrella represents his financial provision for me and his blessing over what I do in my life. And my responsibility, as he is walking, is to stay under that umbrella with him. Right? So it goes by, goes without saying that I need to be close to God to be under that umbrella. Um, but ultimately, you know, God is walking. And sometimes he's walking uphill, and it's very difficult for me to stay with him and stay under that umbrella. Sometimes he's walking downhill, and it's a lot easier. Sometimes God is walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, but still, the umbrella is there. And my responsibility is to be under that umbrella with him. Um, And, you know, one of the things that I've realized multiple times through, you know, multiple personal experiences is that we should often not go to God and ask for financial breakthrough or ask for some financial miracle of some sort. What we should actually be asking God is, 
how do I get under that umbrella? Because it's obvious that I'm not there right now. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we need to really stay close to God, stay close to what He's saying, and, 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 and um, understand what He wants from us at any, any given point in time. So let me give you an example of that. Um, like I said, I studied at Stellenbosch. I uh, studied, studied um, BSc Computer Science. And when I got to the end of my um, uh, third year, last um, undergrad year, um, I really wanted to go and work. I wanted to go and work the next year. Um, I spoke to my parents about it, and they said, that's great. I guess they you know, uh, also thought that you know, my, my parents are still old school. You know, people that work, are, you know, at, uh, they add value. Um, so they wanted me to go and work, and I spoke to some of my um, friends, and they said, yeah, that's, that sounds like a great idea. Um, and then I went to God and said, God, what do you want me to do? And God said, no, I want you to continue studying next year. I want you to do your honors degree. Um, and that wasn't you know, part of my plan at that point in time. Um, and I remember saying to God, God, that's great, um, but you know, I don't actually want to. Um, and God's, God showed me this picture of this umbrella again. And he showed me, if you want to be under this umbrella, what I need from you right now is obedience. And I need you to do what I'm telling you to do right now. And I said, that's fine. You know, I can do that. But I can see two immediate problems. The one was that um, at Stellenbosch at that point in time, I don't know what it's like at Tex, but at that point in time, there were very strict uh, uh, qualification criteria to do your honors. As a matter of fact, I only selected, I think, the top seven or eight students from the final year to do honors. We were about 40 in the final year class. Um, I really enjoyed my student life. I wasn't in the top eight. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of other things to do uh, while you're a student. So I, so, so I said to God, that's great. I want to. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be accepted. Um, I was probably, I don't know, 20th in the class of 40. So uh, that's the first problem. The second problem was I didn't have finances to do it. Um, you know, my, my parents, my dad committed to, to, to um, paying for me up to my third year. That was as much as he could do, and I respected that. So, you know, and I didn't, you know, I, I couldn't see my way clear to start working as well while I do my honors. Um, and I, I put that in front of God, and God just once again reiterated that all he wants from me is obedience. So I said, you know, that's great, I can, I can do that. So I applied um, at the Department of Computer Science. Uh, to do my honors degree, and I also found out that there's a, a bursary at the university um, for uh, very poor students. So yeah, effectively, if you, if you have no money, you know, if, effectively, if you're living on the street, then they have this bursary for, 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 for poor students. And I applied for it, knowing that I'm not in that position. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not living on the street. As a matter of fact, if I really pushed my dad, he probably could have provided but you know, I applied in any case. To cut a very long story short, um, I got a letter from the university, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, that they accepted me to do my honors. And I went to them and I asked them, so you know, what was the thinking here? Because obviously, um, you know, I wasn't in that top you know, couple, uh, top percent that they wanted. And they, they never, to this day, I never got a proper explanation. And I, I just, you know, they just, and I just said, okay, well, you know, obviously, God has got a plan here for my life. Um, so, so that's fine. I still had the finance problem, and eventually the university came back to me with that specific bursary. So they gave me that bursary, and I went back to them as well and asked them, "But why did you give it to me? Because you know that's great. I you know, appreciate it, um, but still, you know, I'm not sure I completely 
qualify for it. And they said, well, nobody else applied. So they, <laughs> they had to give it to somebody. Uh, and given that I was the only one that applied, they gave it to me. So there I was. You know, I, I, guess, I guess four weeks before that point, four weeks before that point, I wasn't planning, and I didn't want to do an honors. Um, you know, I did what God wanted me to do. I got through all of it, and, and, and suddenly I found myself doing my honors. With the benefit of hindsight, uh, 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 it was um, a very critical uh, uh, decision that I made at that point in time. A couple of reasons. Uh, the one was, in my honors year, I uh, met the girl that eventually became my wife. Right? It was so a key. Um, I enjoyed my honors year very much as well uh, for, for, for that reason. Um, a year later, I had to start applying for jobs. Um, God said, it's fine, you know, go, go and uh, 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 go through the process of, of trying to, um, to find a job. I applied at a couple. Um, eventually, I got to a company, the same company I still work for today, 12 years later. I got to them, um, went for the interview, you know, they were asking technical questions, you know, the way they normally do when you're you know, trying to get your first job. And they um, stopped the interview sort of halfway through. And they said, listen, here's a piece of paper with an offer on it. You can start on Monday. And the offer was about, I remember it was about 10, 20% more than the best offer I, I received at that point. It was a substantial amount of money. Um, back then, at least. When you're a student, you know, any money is, is good money. But uh, you know, <laughs> I, remember, I remember getting my first paycheck. And I remember, you know, paying for my car, paying for my accommodation. Um, I remember going to the shops. I bought clothes. I bought stuff for my, for my then girlfriend, now wife. I, I bought a lot of stuff that I wanted for. I spent a lot of money, and I still ended up only spending half of it. So, you know, it's a, that it, it was only it was only like four thousand rand, by the way. It was, it, it's just that mindset, right? When you when you when you come from a position where you you know, every week you think, how oh, are you going to get 10 rand to go to the movies? Once you've been there, and suddenly you have 4,000 rand. You know, it's a, it's a lot of money. Um, um, it wasn't quite that bad, but yeah. The, oh, so, so they gave me this offer, um, and this very good offer. And I asked him, but, you know, we haven't even finished the interview properly. Why did you, you know, and, and you prepared the offer before I came, even. And they said to me, well, we saw you did your honors. And that was you know, sort of the qualification criteria. So, you know, once again, you know, God knew what he was doing when he got me a year before that to, to go through the process of, of, of doing my honors. A lot of other things happened in my honors year, honors year as well, just in terms of, you know, spiritual growth. But with the benefit of hindsight, it was so important for me at that point in time to stay under God's umbrella. Um, and looking back at it now, it, it set me up in so many ways for other things that God wanted to do uh, uh, along the way. Um, after I started working, I once again you know, spoke to God. This, this umbrella thing is sort of a recurring theme in my life, I think. Um, doesn't only apply to, to financial stewardship, but anyway. Um, I spoke to God again. So I'm, I'm in my first job. It's a little bit daunting. You know, in, my, in my honors year, I remember switching day and night. I remember working through the night because it was quiet and then sleeping during the day. And suddenly, you know, I had to, within a matter of weeks, adapt my whole schedule because, you know, now I have to be at work from 8 to 5. But I remember it being a little bit, a little bit tricky and I went to God again and said, God, so now I'm in this job. Um, I'm sure you've given me this job. 
you know, a lot of things have aligned. You, know, you want me here. What do I have to do now, um, given where I am now, to stay under, under this umbrella so that I can make sure I keep on tapping into your um, goodness in this area of my life and your mercy in this area of my life? And God said to me two things. The one was he wanted me to get my relationship with authority uh, correct. So he wanted me to relate to you know, my boss and everybody else in the company that's more senior than I am. He wanted me to get that correct. Um, and that was quite a, 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 a tricky um, thing to get right, purely because you're allowed to disagree, but the heart with which you disagree you know, sort of says a lot about where you are at. Um, and I had to learn how to uh, draw a line in the sand where I say, I'm willing to do that, but I'm not willing to do this, to do this, and do it in such a way that it's with the utmost respect. Um, and then I don't, uh, um, because you know, I, I, I very quickly understood that the authority that was placed over me in that work environment, even though you know, there were very few other Christians there, the authority that was placed over me was placed there by God. And I had to respect that. Right? So I had to get that right. The other thing that God spoke to me about very strongly at that point in time was excellence. You know, doing the best that I could possibly do in my job, specifically when nobody's watching. Um, and God also spoke to me about um, doing the best that I can do because there was a lot of other developers in that organization that was a lot better technically than I was, but God didn't expect me to compete with them. He expected me to compete with what I could do. So those two things you know, was, was sort of the key areas that I focused on the first couple of months uh, while I was working there. Um, authority, get, getting that relationship correct, and then the, uh, uh, the oath of excellence, as we also always called it. Um, and when I, you know, when I started doing that, God really honored that. Um, you know, I, I, I was called into meetings uh, um, in the company where um, you know, people would say things like, I, we don't know, you know we don't, we, we're struggling a little bit to figure you out, but you're doing something right. Um, so, and, and, and God really, got, you know, I always think about uh, um, Psalm 23. David says, God's goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. And I, I think about that when I think about some of those meetings because I could just see God and I didn't, I wasn't particularly talented in what I was doing. I was just trying to, you know, follow God and I always had this umbrella thing in my mind and I was, I was just trying to be close to God and all the rest sort of followed. Um, and it was very powerful and, and that became a recurring theme in my career since then. Um, you know, I was, uh, I, was, I was there for two years, I think, and then they promoted me into a team lead position. I was there for another two years, and they promoted me into a delivery manager position. Don't worry about the title, it's not important. And then there came a point again where um, God said to me that um, I needed to move to Gauteng. So now 2004. And I said to God, well, I don't have a particular, particular need to move to Gauteng right now. So you know, I was born, in, born and raised in Oetsuring, and you know, I was then in Cape Town, and I enjoyed the Cape Town lifestyle. Um, I didn't have a particular need. God said, and that's what you need to do. So, you know, at once it took me, a, took me a while, but eventually I came around to the fact that if I don't do this, I'm going to you know, start moving away from God and I'm going to lose the uh, power of His protection over my uh, uh, life uh, in general, but uh, finances specifically. 
so I did it. I just I went to my boss at that point in time, who was um, one of the founders of the company. I said to him, it, it was completely unsolicited. I just went to him and said, I want to move to Joburg. At that point in time, they had two people, I think, working from a garage somewhere in Joburg. I can't remember. Um, and and he instantaneously said, okay, fine. Yeah, let's let's do that. It's a little bit. It was a little bit. Uh, 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 I was taken aback. You know, I was I was I was expecting him to try to keep me in Cape Town. He was letting go of me too quickly. Uh, <laughs> but but that's fine. So so you know, I did it and I moved up here. Um, and once again, you know, I could just see. It's almost as if you know, wherever I turned. Well, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Everybody's looking up. Uh, uh, the umbrella, okay. <laughs> as I'm walking, eh? as I'm walking. <laughs> um, I could just see God, um, it's like that old, you know, that old saying about everything you touch tends to gold. Yeah, it's like that, and it's, it's not because of who I am, or that I'm particularly special, or that I could do things right, or that I've got talents that nobody's got uh, uh, as God. It's just, you know, it's just God. I don't know how else to explain it. You know, I, would, I would try stuff, I would sometimes sit in situations where I didn't have any answers. Um, you know, I wouldn't know how to deal with customers. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to deal with specific uh, um, uh, financial problems we had. And God just came through like that. It's almost as if God blessed the company because I was there. You know what I mean? It's just. You know, I was just there. I was just trying to stay close to God, and the rest all followed. And it's very powerful. And then in 2007, um, they asked me, I was, I was 30 then, um, God, God, they asked me, or God asked me, I guess, uh, to become the uh, uh, general manager for the Africa operations. And that was a very significant deal. So that, that meant that I suddenly found myself responsibility for 50-odd people and what at that point in time was, I don't know, a 40 million rand uh, business unit. Um, it, so it's a big deal. You know, I, I accepted it because I believe God wanted me to do it. Um, and I could see you know, God setting me up for that position eventually. But it was a big deal for me because, excuse me, um, because I, I, was, I, was suddenly the youngest, um, I was suddenly the youngest general manager in the whole company. Uh, and there was a lot of people you know, sort of saying, well, you know, let's see how long he lasts. And I remember going to God again and saying to God, God, I'm giving this back to you now. So you, you, I almost want to say, you got me into this mess. So, so you better get me out again. Um, and you know, once again, I think, you know, I, I believe that God just blessed, um, you know, it's, it's, with God, it's always about the heart. And so my heart was just, you know, God, I just want to stay close to you and you make the rest happen. Um, and, and I could just see, you know, I could just see that, 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 that kicking in. Um, and I remember I, I took the job over, um, and like I said, it was a business of about 40 million rand per year at turnover. And I said to God, um, you know, I want you to give me a, you know, uh, a goal. I want you to give me a, you know, a very unspiritual you know, goal for this business unit that I could go and chase for your glory. So that once we get there, you know, I can... And I can sit back and say, okay, guys, so, you know, you've now made fun of me because I'm too young for the position you, that I'm in. But look at the success, and I can just you know, say then, well, you know, this must be God. It can't be me. 
Um, and you know, I decided to 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 you know to ask God to take that business unit, 40 million rand a year turnover, and double it in five years. That was my you know, sort of what I thought was would be a, a success. Um, so I wanted to be at 80 million rand turnover by 2012, next year. At the end of this year, we're going to end on 160 million rand turnover. Huh? So it's just. <laughs> It's it's just God, you know. It's 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 amazing, you know. I, if I look at if if I look back at some of the decisions we took along the way, because a lot of this has to do with key decisions that we made. If I look back, you know, I remember sitting in meetings, needing to make decisions, and saying to God, God, I have no clue here. I I don't know what to do. And in that moment, it's like Michal said earlier, but you know, just the Holy Spirit guiding your thoughts and your decision making. In that moment, God to just help me make the right decisions. I would sit in interviews. I had to do a lot of interviews over, over the years. I would sit in interviews, um, and I had to make decisions whether to appoint certain people. And it's the same thing. You know, while I'm sitting in an interview talking to this guy, I would just say, you know, God, help me. Firstly, help me ask the right questions. But secondly, you know, guide me here in my decision, decision making. Uh, and the results of that is, um, the results are that, you know, I've got people now reporting that are just fantastic. You know, they could do their jobs much much better than what I can, and I can I could could just see how God selected individuals to put around me, even if they're not Christians. You know, God doesn't have to you know always use use Christians in our lives. Um, it's, it's it's just very very powerful. Um, and this morning and this morning I'm in a position where I can just you know redirect all the um, all the glory glory to Him. Um, I want to make a, a couple of just general observations that I've sort of seen uh, over the years. Um, I guess mistakes people make, mistakes I've made, um, or you know, sometimes people get it right. The one um, that I want to highlight for you, um, and, and we'll, um, we'll have a, a, a question and answer session later, so maybe you, you have some questions about this. Um, but I, you know, I often see people you know, in, in the church and outside of just make big financial decisions very quickly. You know, you, you, you'll see, you'll, you'll talk to somebody on a, on, a, on a Sunday and they'll say they've got this idea, they want to, you know, go and buy a new house or they want to buy a new car or they want to invest money in a new business and by Monday, you know, they've done it. Um, and, you know, I've seen in my life just God meeting, meeting me halfway when I take my time. You know, when I sort of, uh, Michal once spoke about doing things slowly as well, you know, you need to take your time with big decisions. Don't rush into it. Um, you know, just know God in it. You know, go and sit at his feet for a couple of days. And, and maybe, maybe some decisions you don't regard as, uh, as being that big, still take, them to, to, um, still take them to God. Now, I always, always think, you know, when I walk through a shopping mall, like... Um, like Midland, for instance, <clears throat> that whole mall, the whole interior, is designed to make to to to, to force you to make uh, uh, quick decisions, or um, what's the word now? Um, compulsive, yes, compulsive decisions. This music playing, bright colors, stuff in the windows, you know, and you, you eventually get to the point where you feel like it might be better to have uh, a debt than not to have this specific thing. You know, it's like you, you get to that point where you, you, start, you start looking at the terms. It's only 50 rand a month. might be for 20 years, but it's only 50 rand a month. 
You know what I mean? It's so I, you know, I, I personally have this have this uh, uh, um, uh, agreement with myself that you know I decide before and what I'm, what I'm going to buy. I go in and I go out, and that's that. But there's a certain level of self-discipline required there that I would very strongly advise. And specific, specifically when it comes to bigger decisions, then buying houses and cars and all of those good things. Just take your time. No reason to rush. I know the salesperson is telling you that this is a, 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 a deal until the end of this week. There's no such thing as... Uh, just take your time. Um, my, my wife uh, gives me a little bit of... Uh, um, uh, she jokes to, uh, a lot about the fact that I can take very long to make decisions. Uh, I remember deciding at one point in time that I needed to, to buy a new car. I eventually bought one two years later. And I just... <laughs> By the time I bought, I bought a second-hand car, by the time when I made a decision to buy a new car, the one that I eventually bought was not made yet. That's how long it took for me. But ultimately, when I, when I did buy it, I was convinced that I was buying the right car and I was convinced that the, the price I was paying was correct. The same thing, I, I spoke, uh, I did the offering message a while ago, and I think I mentioned it. The same thing happened with a, something silly as a TV as well. It took me a year to buy a TV. So that, that, that might be a little bit extreme, so don't do that. Um, but the point I'm trying to get across is just take your time. You know, is, your money's not going anywhere, and don't always believe the um, the story you you hear from the salesperson around how good the deal is. It very seldom is as good as he tells you it is. As a matter of fact, when the deal is too good to be true, there's normally a catch, and it's not that uh, uh, great at all. And the other thing I want to say about that is a couple of times when I had to make big financial, or big, big, spend a lot of money on buying something. Um, and I, I always went to God with my wants. You know, God, I think I need to buy this. Um, and I got into the habit of saying to God, God, either provide for me the finances to buy whatever I'm planning here, or change my wants. You know, change what I want. And that has happened a couple of times, especially with the car. You, know, you should have seen where I started. Um, but the, the, the reality is God does that. God, God changes your heart so that ultimately what you end up buying is what you actually need, even though that wasn't where you started. It's very important. Um, there's something else I wanted to say about that. I can't remember. I'll maybe remember later. Uh, in terms of giving, if you go to exclusive books, to the financial section where they've got all these self-help books that's not it's not christian you know, it's just you know worldly views on how you should deal with your finances you'll very often see that in there they actually talk about the importance of giving so obviously they you know in, in from from their point of view they're talking about giving to charities and giving to you know, anybody else except the church um, but they talk about how important giving is because it helps you make unemotional financial decisions where you're not attached to your money that's, that's the whole thing that, they, that they're trying to get right. Um, and I specifically read a book. It's not, you know, it's, it, it doesn't give itself out as, a, I can't remember the name now, but it doesn't give itself out as a, as a, a, um, a Christian, uh, uh, from a Christian perspective, um, but it, it actually just takes biblical principles, the stuff that Philip and Michal spoke about. It, it takes, takes those principles and just applies them as is, just without quoting the verses. Um, and, it, and it, you know, if, if, if it makes so much sense to the world out there, 
that does not understand the importance of the Bible, how much more should it not make sense to us? The other thing I want to say is that on sowing and reaping, most people uh, automatically jump to the conclusion that when you sow uh, in terms of, of giving, you automatically reap in terms of, of, of uh, uh, finances or money as well. I said it work like that. I've often seen that when, you know, that when I give um, and I sow in, 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 in that respect, um, what I reap is actually different. It, it, I often reap better judgment in how to spend the money that I've got left. Or I just reap the benefit of, as I said earlier, of not being emotional when I make decisions on a day-to-day basis about my finances. So don't just expect to... I, there were, I had a friend in, in, in uh, Stanenbosch who always, when he gave, he expected to pick up money somewhere. It was sort of his reference, right? He's now saying he'll, read, he'll pick up money from in an envelope or under a tree or, 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 or somewhere. Um, just quickly to deviate from the financial f- uh, uh, stewardship, I want to just make sure you understand that there's a wider implication here. So this morning, we're talking about specifically stewardship around your finances, but understand that uh, the same importance in terms of stewardship also applies to other areas of your life. And you know, God has a, has a very broad view of your life. He doesn't zoom in. You know, he wants the whole of you, not, not just a part of you. Um, and the same stewardship applies, for instance, if I can use an example, to your health. You, know, you need to look after it. You need to be fit. You need to eat correct. You need all, the same. You know, so I'm just trying to make sure you understand there's a wider picture here. Don't, don't apply the broad stewardship principles selectively. Also applies to your time, by the way. So I want to commend you because this morning you're sitting here, and I said to Philip now on the break, you, you could have been in many other places uh, except here this morning. The mere fact that you are sitting here means that you are investing um, and you are being good stewards of your time. So, and I, I do think God is, God, is, God is seeing that. If I could just quickly interrupt myself, that, that picture about God walking, you know, with the umbrella, don't think that he's oblivious to where you are at while he's walking. He's watching you the whole time uh, to understand because he wants you to be under that umbrella with him. And I've noticed in my life that when I get things wrong and I sort of drift off, you know, God is graceful and he's merciful. He actually stops and waits for me sometimes. And I think the, the fact that you're sitting here this morning means that God, as he's working with your umbrella, is seeing that. And if you're not on it under it already, and I want to guarantee you that God is you know, looking at you sitting here this morning thinking, oh, I'd better you know, walk slower or take a step in that direction because that's where you might be at. So I want to encourage you with that. I was also saying to Philip in the break, and I was looking at some of the faces while Michal was talking and I saw a lot of uh, 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 concern and uh, uh, um, uh, the weight of the world on your shoulders. This morning, what you're sharing here is the good news. Right? You're supposed to walk in here and not feel depressed about your finances anymore. Anyway, let me get back. So in terms of, of, of managed stewardship around your time, um, something that has worked well for me is always to think about the eternal value of what I'm doing. Um, you know, so when I play with my children or I you know, chat with my wife, or you know, then I feel what I'm doing now has got eternal value. Sometimes I do a lot of stuff that you know, while I'm doing it, I'm thinking this doesn't actually add eternal value at all. But you know, I still like doing it. Like you know, I'm going to watch the rugby this afternoon. 
the eternal value is probably zero, but I'm still going to enjoy it. And I think God is going to watch it with me. So even though, <laughs> even though my team is not playing, I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll support the Lions this afternoon, purely out of principle there. Uh, the, the, the last comment I want to make, um, and I'm, I'm saying this a little, bit, a little bit with trepidation, but I'm going to say it in any case because maybe, maybe I save somebody in the audience a lot, of, a lot of grief in the long term. So, you know, I work day to day in a corporate environment here in Gauteng. And as Michal said, it's an it's a environment that's um, very difficult to, to, to just keep your wits about you sometimes because people value other things and then what we do. Um, but I also, I've now grown to understand that in a corporate environment, you are very well rewarded for your efforts and your time there. So there's a couple of people, I believe, sitting in the audience right now that has been called by God to be business leaders in a corporate environment um, over time. And what is going to happen is you are going to earn a lot of money when you, you know, once you get there. Um, I don't want to you know, make empty promises, but let me just let me sort of tell you what, you know, I've, especially when you work for you know, a large bank or you know, a large corporation like that. Um, I don't work for them, but I can see what, 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 what is happening there. You get, you get students who are going to work at those places, and when they're 30, they earn a million rand a year. Right? That's what happens. And then they, uh, and, 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 and the companies then really value their time. By the time they're 35, they earn 2 million rand a year, like easily. Um, that's, that's normally split between you know, basic and, uh, and a bonus component, and sometimes they get shares. But that's the type of money these people, and then unless you today already get some of the principles correct that we you know, spoke about earlier, you, th that money is going to destroy you. It's going to destroy your marriage. It's going to destroy your relationship with your children. It's ultimately you know, going to take you out of the church. Um, we had a, we had a, uh, I met a pastor once at the uh, Centurion Christian Church who said to me, he had um, business owners come to him in and they're in financial trouble. And they come to him and ask him to pray for their business. And he would then do that and go out to bless the business. And then suddenly you know, they buy a house in Dahlstrom and every weekend they're there and he never sees them in church again. And that's, that's what I mean. Yes, it's, money takes people out of the church as well, just because you need time to go and enjoy the money as well. So let me leave you with this, with this thought then. Un unless what we spoke about earlier becomes part of your life now, I think Philip mentioned this uh, earlier, once you get there, if you're called to be there, by the way, not everybody's called to be there, but once you get there, um, you are going to find it very difficult to make a U-turn then. Um, so, yeah. My advice to you would be to stay on your knees um, and be very close to God. And, you know, remember that picture of the umbrella because that can make or break you in the long term. Okay? Thank you. for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that it was time well spent establishing God's kingdom and proclaiming His glory in your life. 
For more information, call us on 012-362-1363 or email us at pretoria at shofaronline.org. You may also wish to browse our website at www.shofaronline.org or find us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.